the date, August 7th, 1985, and we are watching Real Genius. Welcome to I Used to Like This One. Hello and welcome to I Used to Like This One, the show where we take a look back at movies we remember fondly from our childhood and attempt to look past the nostalgia to see if they still hold up. My name is Sean Wells, and with me, as always, is the Mitch to my Chris. Hello, I am Aaron Knowles, and I will be teaching you the nerdiest of sciences today. Lasers! I considered Laszlo as well. I I considered throwing (laughs) Laszlo, but... Yes, here we go with our next science movie. Very excited. One I hadn't seen before now, or maybe I had. I don't know. I'll get to that. Well, this week we're looking back at August 1985 when the movies and theaters were Weird Science, interestingly enough, another science movie, Fright Night, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, oh, R.I.P. Paul Mm. Rubens. I've been seeing so much love for him on the internet. Uh, episode 134 subject national lampoons europeans vacation wow i that came out really weird national lampoons european <laughs> vacation and of course our movie for today real genius which earned 12.95 million dollars on an 8 million dollar budget and if you're not already aware from this 1985 film this is your spoiler And for all you dum-dums, that's Latin for spoil alert. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I, I had to throw something Latin in there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you need some fraternities and stuff like that. I, I guess going against Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Weird Science, that, that is a kind of a tough battle for real genius over here. I Man, I, I, I always felt like... Paul Rubens and Pee Wee, like at I okay again because it was 1985. I wouldn't know. I was barely born. I was uh this was August. That means I was like four months old okay. at the time. Yeah, maybe. And for me, it's like was Pee Wee at the time. I know now it, he's still he's very cult cultish following. Yeah. But I wonder. I wonder if he had that big of a following back then because that's really when he was. Uh, Paul Rubens was prominently a, a comedian. Yeah, I I do I don't remember when Pee Wee's Playhouse ran, because I realized that I was around seven years of age in 1985. I I was pushing seven when this movie came out, and so I would have been interested in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I think. And I I vaguely remember a couple parts terrifying me. Yes, Pee Wee's Playhouse ran from 1986 to 1990. Okay, so I I would have probably potentially seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure on VHS shortly after the series came out. Oh, wait, there is a movie? Yes, please. That's like follow <laughs> that bird level excitement. I always wondered about that because, you know, again, again, he had a very big comedian, com- a comedy, comedian, com- comedy career. Okay, and that led into his show of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Now, if you, I'm, I'm sure you watch Pee Wee's Playhouse, and you know that it's a very multi eccentric, eccentric, yeah, multi layered yeah. 
You well, know, yeah, as, oh, as Shrek would put it, you know, it's an onion of comedy. Onions. Yeah, it's onion a, layers that layers. are going on. Yeah, and that was the crazy thing because there was some. There was some. Okay, I don't know why they would have ever given Pee Wee his own children's television show because Pee Wee's humor was very racy, very adult. Yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. If, and as a, as an adult, if you watched Pee Wee's Playhouse, it did not change. Well, yeah. Did you see the? netflix special that he had where it was like a peewee's playhouse live that yeah. he did yeah yeah and it's like yeah i watched that as an adult and went oh yeah okay <laughs> i see it now i see, I see it, it. <laughs> yeah it's, it, it was there all along it was the, Who knew? it was just nicely <laughs> coded but 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 i digress we're here to talk yeah. about real genius that's right <laughs> yes so let's get to some taglines. The tagline that appears on the poster for this movie. Well, I've got five. I do have Ooh. five. Yes. Ooh. So the first one, you need brains to act this crazy. Okay. Yeah. There's an exclamation point about on the end of that. Maybe I should have been more excited about it. <laughs> you need brains to act this crazy. Uh, you sound like Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> move over charlie so yes. okay so next up we got when he gets mad he doesn't get even he gets creative okay i like it yeah I, there was an ellipses with the before that he gets creative as well i mean I, i'm enjoying the punctuation that's going on yeah. here there's some fun punctuation i like that as a threat though where's my toe knife okay <laughs> number three who else can turn lasers into light shows, aircraft into armchairs, and high tech into high jinks? Question mark on the end. Just, uh, just since I'm already pointing out punctuation. Aircraft into armchairs. Armchairs. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I heard that there is a scene that was featured in the trailer that never made it into the final mm. edit mm. where he yeah. floats himself with balloons to one of the upper classrooms of the school. I've yes. heard that exists. It's a thing, but it I is, didn't get to see it. It is in the trailer. It is in the trailer. I yeah. forgot about that. I might have to look up the trailer. Well, number four, it's yet another in a series of diversions in an attempt to avoid responsibility. I kind of like that one. That one's fun. Wordy. And wordy, but a, a clever wordy. I, You know, it's it's... It's a line that you might find in Gilmore Girls. True. And so it's, maybe I didn't say it fast enough. I need to say it at Gilmore Girls speed. But, you know, it's, it's, yeah. It's, uh, if, if St Stephen King wrote a tagline. <laughs> well, it would be darker than that, though, wouldn't it? Spookier. Yeah, it didn't have something to do with clowns. <laughs> something. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we still got the balloons, apparently. There were helium balloons. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, finally, number five, meet Chris Knight, the Einstein of the 80s. He can turn the simple into the simply amazing, and now he turns revenge into high comedy. They should have Wait. left it to, left it at the 80s. Yeah. The Einstein of the 80s. I, I, that Knight, would have been the perfect. The Einstein of the 80s, yeah. Yeah. yeah that way too wordy. Yeah. I, I ended on the wrong one. I'm sorry. I did not organize them well this week. Well, here we go. Let's find out about that Einstein of the 80s in a 60-second synopsis. 
All right, here we go. They say that there is a thin line between genius and insanity. Real genius is that proof. Every person in this movie is A, a genius, and B, insane. I mean, who, who gives the project of creating a laser that you shoot from space to vaporize your enemies to a 15-year-old kid and his mentally deranged mentor? All while allowing literal children with national defense level secrets to live with a shut-in who comes and goes from their closet on their own. Hmm? This movie is Revenge of the Nerds meets 21 Jump Street, but without the cops or the criminals or the resolution. So I guess it's not any of that. <laughs> in the end, just like in reality, the crazies, I mean geniuses, ruin it for the world and the government gets all the goods. Right on. So, this is a movie, like I said, I don't know if I've seen. This is a movie, though, that as I watched it, I kind of remember some things. So, they are just things that I have picked up over time, maybe. Or maybe I saw this once at a very young age and do not remember it well. But... Either way, it was basically a first watch for me this time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my history with Real Genius. I knew it existed. I know the picture of him sitting cross-legged and with the uh, antenna on. Like I, I know the poster, basically. I knew it was Val Kilmer. And then came to find out that it was kind of only Val Kilmer. But <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there. What about you, though? You were the one that brung forth real genius and thrust it upon my life so what is your history with real genius real genius is one of those ones that i caught on probably something like tnt or a and e or something you know where it was just one of those it kind of played through i want to say it was a, it was really around the same time that i was really getting into these like 80s and 90s kind of college hits like college like if you've ever seen pcu politically no, correct no, university th that came up in animal house i believe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, i i have not seen that yet so that's a good one as well but like this one kind of came up also and i think it had to do kind of again it was just one of those ones where it was like that's a, Vil a young val kilmer you know this mm -hmm. young kid going to college uh, and and for me it was just uh it was a very interesting like kind of story that i i don't know i okay let me just say i i grew up and my mom was always one of those moms. I was like, oh, my kid's so smart. You know, I was in like, you know, advanced <laughs> classes. Special classes. And yeah, I was yeah, in the advanced yeah. class. So was I, know, actually. I took the SATs at like a super early age and was like at a high percentile, you know. And so for me, it was just kind of like, oh, this kind of like reminds me of what I could have been doing if I'd actually applied myself, you know. So I, I really, I've always enjoyed the the movie, but also the hijinks of yeah. said movie. The, the And then also just like, it just seemed like the fun college experience, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, it reminded me very much of Revenge of the Nerds. It reminded me very much of, of like I said, PCU and some of those films. So it just kind of fit in that Van Wilder type humor. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the college comedy that you enjoy, as previously discussed in the Animal House episode. So, oh. Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, well, okay, let's jump into Real Genius, directed by Martha Coolidge. She's like one of only three female directors we've ever had on any of our sh episodes that we have. 
Catherine Bigelow, she she was one mm. that we've had, and there was I think one other female director maybe I don't know. Yeah, not not common with the show uh, movies from uh, the eighties and nineties I I'm yeah. seeing. So I figured it was worth making a note of. And she didn't have too much of a career, but I mean she she had. I mean, it it spans forty years where she's made many uh or she's directed many yeah. films, but yeah. not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Okay. Well, produced by Brian Grazer, who did do a whole lot. Holy shit. <laughs> that's some star power fucking producing behind you. And written by Neil Israel, uh, Pat Proft, PJ Torokve. 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 He's clean on. PJ Torokve. Yeah. Torokve, I think, might be how it is. And so we open the movie with like a very long credit sequence with all the schematics showing various things and stuff of violence and guns and with the nice little jazzy number playing behind it. I, I like the juxtaposition of the war versus the, the smooth jazz. Well, not smooth jazz, but you yeah. Know. yeah. I, I think that was one thing that I picked up on this viewing was the intro because i think that's one of the things i've kind of like started looking at and paying more attention to these days when it comes to a film is that there's a lot of context in the credits you know into the intro in the film and it and it definitely does i mean obviously if you're a fan of any of the 007 movies or anything like that you know how intuitive and how you know kind of foreshadowing the the credits can be very much so yeah and this one was very much the same yeah a little bit well, and I mean, yeah, as I'm watching the credits, though, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, so I do not know any of these people. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about this stacked cast that we have going on here. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> but see, and what I don't like is how IMDb lays out this cast list True. because there are some people that are fairly important that need to be talked about, but my God, is it an effort to sift through it? So I don't know if you have, but I think we need to scroll through this cast list now. Okay. Well, you got Val Kilmer, obviously, as Chris Knight, who, I mean, to be honest, he's not even really... I've, I like Val Kilmer, though. See, and this is something that we I discovered in a recent first watch of Real Genius, is <laughs> that young Val Kilmer, I've always known him from Willow, mm-hmm. but in these movies, Top he's down. charming as fuck. The, the yes. Doors. The yep. Doors, too, though, you know, is another one that... But it's like, he's charming as fuck as this young, blonde Val Kilmer, like he is in this movie, or like he is in but, Top Secret. Yes. And and that's another thing is he has this air of confidence about him mm-hmm. to where he can play like kind of he 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 I'm just going to say he is an amazing actor yeah. even from a young age. He can be serious, he can be completely inept, he can be, he can be ditzy, he can be fun, he can be charming, he can be the whole gambit. And he's yeah. obviously you know, throughout his career you see him flex those acting chops. Mm-hmm. Um but it's nice to see that he was capable of such things at an early age yeah and in top secret i don't know if you've seen that but oh he yeah has it's a this, great one the, the the dance number in the diner where he's doing it on the rugs and shimmying mm-hmm. along like that is one amazing scene like he's he's an actor i've discovered with this show has 
gets my Kinsey scale sliding a little bit. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> Yeah, young Val Kilmer is charming as fuck, and he has won me over, kind of like young Patrick Swayze is, mm, you know, the other yeah. one that, I mean. Even it's... even in not great films, like, like I'll be honest, like The Saint. The Saint was not a great film, but he yeah. still played it very well. He does, yeah. Even Batman, he plays well. Come on. Yes, yes. We can't forget about Batman. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, so next, we're going to move on to Gab- Gabriel Jarrett, Jarrett as Mitch Taylor, our... 15 year old savant who is a new college student new college freshman and he's working with chris knight on this top secret project i'm trying to think of you know what else he was in i Uh, see looking at a current picture of gabriel jarrett i do not recognize him at all yeah he's been in some stuff but nothing like that i really recognize him from either uh going ape in 81 real genius in 85 karate kid part three which i don't think anybody actually saw uh apollo 13 he was in that uh let's see what else poseidon which i think was about a cruise ship that like was yeah the remake of the poseidon adventure yeah yeah flips Um, over that's going bongo hero of the underworld 13 minutes not just not a whole lot you know Um, and then we get to Michelle Mayrink, Mayrink as Jordan Cochran. And I'm trying to remember who she actually is, because do, do they actually show her in this one? What, of what she looks like these days? Or? Yeah, well, just, I don't remember who she was. If she was J- the Jordan's girl. the hyperactive. Girl. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. She, she, yeah. And... Yeah, and she was in Revenge. She was actually in Revenge of the Nerds in '84. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I did like her, but there's like this one scene that always bugged me about this movie, and it's like a face front, like a full face on shot of Jordan, and she has like a little bit of a mustache. Yeah. And it's always bothered me. <laughs> just uh, from the first time I ever watched it, it's like ingrained in my brain. Whenever yeah. I see that scene, I'm just like focus. Like my eye just goes to the mustache. No, um, and interestingly, I yeah, I I guess I did notice that. Yes, I just I guess I'm not as traumatized as you are <laughs> by it. Or it's one of those things that just stands out for some reason, like glaringly stands out. Yeah. Um, yeah. you got William Atherton, which you know he was Professor Jerry Holloway, and he's been in a ton of stuff. Oh, everybody's um, favorite slime bag. Exactly, William Atherton. Uh, the... We've had him on this show a few times with Die Hard, and yep. Die Hard 2, of course, and uh, Ghostbusters. Yep, it's true. This man has no penis. It is very true. Absolutely (laughs) true that he has no penis. Yes. Well, no, I mean, this movie would lead me to believe that he can nail and sink and spike into a wall with it. Right? This is true. Yeah. Because of that line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You got Robert Prescott as Kent, who is the annoying bully slash... Yeah, what would just you call him like douchebag of the movie just, yeah just a, yeah, a, a fangirl for for the professor and he oh my god he, he yeah he is the guy in road trip that like the jacob guy that tells the professor that yep or that follows him around like yeah he just hero worship mm-hmm. and he's actually he's uh he had a uh a cameo in uh space balls as the sand cruiser driver so that's something that he's i guess noted for uh john grease is laszlo hollyfeld who is the aforementioned uh bum who or 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 shut in who lives in the closet in his little secret lair 
and he was Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite. Now, um, there is a movie where Laszlo from Real Genius is name-dropped. Can you really? think of what that movie is? I think it might be like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. It might have been. I but don't he, know. Yeah. Yeah. But Jonathan Grease has been in so much stuff. Well, I mean, he's yeah, Monster Squad. I talked yep. about Monster Squad with Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Running Scared, Dream Core LLC, The White Lotus. Quite a bit. Taken 2, Taken 3. Take, oh, he's been, I mean, pretty much all the Takens. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, what else? Fright Night Part 2. Seinfeld X Files, uh, Quantum Leap. The guy's been—he's supernatural. He's been all over the place. I wonder if he was a reflection in the mirror in Quantum Leap, or like the guy that Sam has to catch. <laughs> we'll have to look that up. Um, and then you got Mark Kamiyama as Ick or Ikigami. Um, Ed Lauder as David Decker. Louis Giambalvo as Major Don Carnegie. And then you know. We could go. We could keep going, but I mean, I don't really think there's enough to to go on for the rest of them. Now, I do have a shout out. Apparently, apparently, Sandy Martin is in this movie. Really? Who is, of course? Oh, what's his name's mom from? What's his from name? It's always, yeah, Max from always, mom from Max mom. Yeah, it's yeah. always sunny in Philadelphia. And so, of course, her and John Grease are both in Napoleon Dynamite yep. as well. Yeah, so a shout out to Sandy Martin. But I, <laughs> That's a good catch. I, I didn't see her. I did not see her. Mm-mm. But I just happened to be like scrolling past her here as we got to John Grease because I don't have my list as nicely organized as yours. So <laughs> I'm just trying to find it at random in fucking IMDb because of how they have it set up. Okay, so... Yeah, I, there, I, and as I'm going through there, I see like a guy named Tommy Swerdlow who it's like, I recognize the name for some reason. Like, he's a comedian, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I, I I don't know who Bodhi was. Who, which one was Bodhi? Bodhi? I don't even know. He might have but been that, one of the... Oh, you know what? He might have been... Was Bodhi the stuttering guy? Oh, maybe? I don't know. So, yeah. I, the movie opens, and we see, like, the spaceship watchdog and <laughs> and the whole wa- – sorry, the watchdog maneuver sequence sequ- yes. or whatever, yeah. The Operation crossbow, crossbow, yeah. Yeah, the, the let's fry some drug lord who's on the beach uh, mission. Oh, my God, that was so funny. That's, <laughs> let's, let's vaporize this guy, and it turns out that it's uh, just a promo video for – I don't know. Are like, are they a legit part of the military, or are they kind of an offshoot that are doing this Star Wars program on the side? You know, like rich billionaires in a in a, some sort of Illuminati lair that are. Well, they're supposed to be, I guess, the... CIA guys. So they're like a, okay. like a, couple, a couple of CIA dudes sitting okay. in some dark room. You know, the, the the typical CAA Illuminati, you know, black ops team that's like, <laughs> let's create a new weapon, you know, yeah. mustache twirling villain in the background. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. And the, so they come up and it's funny because there's like four of them. And I'm just going to throw this out there that I guess you I, I was going to almost say, like, you could almost consider the first real person in this movie to die as the black guy. 
But mm. the first person to actually die would be the drug lord that was killed by the laser. Okay, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. The, the in in this movie, like in this black ops CIA room, you have like a couple of guys and like the only black guy who's on the CIA thing who's the smart one who's like, I'm not going to be a part of this. He's the only smart infuriated one. Infuriated by it. He's infuriated by this idea of creating a new weapon that's going to start a new arms race in the world. It's he horrible. gets up and, and leaves and walks away. Yeah. And they're like, well got to liquidate him yeah we, absolutely yeah yep <laughs> that 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 guy's gone and so he, yeah he's dead now he's dead yeah. um and then the yeah. other guy's like well i guess we're gonna go along with it <laughs> yeah you know, you know <laughs> liquidate him as in like take care of him and you know yeah. like so that you do at least have the one guy that's got kind of the you know pulling on the collar oh okay yeah. well i guess i'll go along with it there's at least a couple that might be on the fence but yeah no one one guy that's out of there, he he's dead now. He's toast. Yeah. Absolutely. Big Liquidated. Um yeah. <laughs> and then we find out that the that this is a this again, this is the CIA like development, I guess a brain brain think tank behind yeah. this this I, I well not necessarily think tank, maybe think tank, but they've they have this idea for the weapon and they've commissioned pro, uh, Professor Holloway, who is a dean at this college to basically create this weapon and instead of actually doing it himself he is enlisting the aid of young geniuses yeah enter yeah. mitch <laughs> yeah well but before mitch i do want to say though how hilariously like over the top i enjoy the scene the gathering of these mustache twirling villains to be it it was a very entertaining scene it kept me quite entertained right out of the bat right mm -hmm. out of the gate where i'm like yeah okay i'm i'm on board for this this is going to be fun because these villains are definitely not serious but it is still a terrifying prospect of what they represent <laughs> you know? very much so like i like the satire of it i guess maybe is where i'm going with it yeah there's there is like a satirical quality to how these guys are hilariously evil yeah it's just, again it's like yeah it's the it's the evil geniuses it's the the board the board of directors that make the decisions for the world you know and they're just sitting in the room not you know surrounded by nothingness yeah yeah so now yeah here here comes mitch yeah. <laughs> we, we, we're at a science fair and I don't know, are, are the rest of the experiments going on at the science fair supposed to be good as well? Like we only really focus on Mitch or are there like also like volcanoes and shit? Is he at a normal school right now? Or is this like a Spider-Man homecoming school, you know? <laughs> I don't know because they, 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 I feel like they did show like other projects that had merit to them. Okay, you know? maybe, but yeah. At the, but at the same time, there's always, like, those... There's always, like, two or three of the kids that, like, go above and beyond. And then there's yeah. kids like me who came in last minute with their uh, science fair project. But it was like, okay, I forgot to do one. It's been, you know, going on for, like, three weeks. I totally forgot to do it. Let me duct tape some fucking diapers to a, to a piece of cardboard and say, this one held more water than the other one. You know? <laughs> like, that That was me. So you had a good... A good uh, you know versatile scale spectrum of yeah. quality versus shit when it yeah. came to <laughs> science you, experiments you you weren't painting solar systems you weren't even going no. that far yeah, no not okay. even that i was like oh shit <laughs> i forgot to do this let me find two diapers yeah <laughs> Here, here, here's some garbage i found on yeah. my walk to school <laughs> do you know what a maggot looks like 
yeah. So yeah, at, at the science fair, I it took it, it takes a while to realize why Doctor Hathaway is such a I don't know a rock star when he walks into the science fair. And then I found, you know, it's not till late in the movie where you find out he's also got a show. Or is it mentioned earlier that he's like all these people that are crowding around him getting autographs? I'm like, oh, who's this guy? I don't know, because they don't really make it like a point to say, like, this guy is because he's I mean, he's a college professor. Yeah, he he ha- yes, he has a television show that's that's it's like a public access, you know, science show about whatever and this week we're talking about the colon yeah you know and it's like the the guys i don't know why he maybe it's a very small town and this is college because i it's so weird that they would know who he is yeah like does neil degrasse tyson or bill nye walk into a room with that same kind of big dick energy like do they uh are science are there certain science guys that are cocky did stephen hawking have a fucking chip on his shoulder where he's I mean, I know he had a good yeah. sense of humor, but was he also just a, you know, hardcore dick and no one wants to talk about it? Obviously. Yeah. It's Hawking. It was DeGrasse Tyson. And now it's Hathaway. Yeah. Okay. Just lump them in together. They're all asshole science, you know, <laughs> hey, smarty you, pants. You left out Nye. He... I know. How dare you? <laughs> Nye, Nye is never mean. <laughs> oh, okay. True. True. Beekman, yes. however. Beekman. Beekman. <laughs> Be- Be- Beekman will uh, throw throw hands. I mean, he will. He will. Yeah. He's dangerous. The guy's basically <laughs> his best friend's a rat. Okay, uh... <laughs> he's scrappy. <laughs> he fought that rat for some pizza. Exactly. So yeah, then so we see that you know Hathaway's talking to Mitch's parents, and and they're clearly more interested in in. The money and stupid shit like like Hathaway's hair, yeah. Then they are invested in their is own your son's hair education. Real? Yeah. yeah, I do like the the line though. Is he by any chance adopted? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Why? Just asking, right? Just curious. Yeah. But yeah, but then he he continues with that big dick energy though, and he's like, Mitch, these people are not like us. You are better than all these people. Don't worry, I got you. I, I do like w- the introduction, though, and I know I'm jumping ahead a bit here, but I like the introduction with Kent, where mm-hmm. Kent is just trying to, you know, like, flex. And oh, then, yeah. And then just the the absolute status change. The immediate status change is absolutely hilarious with the fact that, yes, this 15-year-old child is there to look over your work. To check your work. And show <laughs> yeah. you how to do it right. Yes. He's Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. But Absolutely. With, with a little bit more personality, you know, like. <laughs> that was, and, and you know what I could honestly think? I could honestly believe that we are in a, like, some kind of parallel world where science is like sports. Yeah. You know, because they're like, you know, one thing that that he mentions is, you know, during the introduction of Hathaway to Mitch and his parents, you know, he's talking to him and he's like, do you know who uh, Chris Knight is? You know, and he's like, yeah, he's a legend in the national physics team or national physics club. Yeah. You know, 
So to me, this could be like a, a, a world where science, I mean, that maybe that's why Hathaway is so popular because he's like an MVP of like science. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're right. Like there is this this sports quality to it where it's like, oh, hey, no, they got <laughs> scholarships and shit. I mean, you know, free ride for the 15 year old. Exactly. Exactly. And they're also like, I, I would just say this. Uh, in a normal college, like we'll talk about this more, but like in a normal college, a sports team, these guys can literally get away with just about anything when they get in trouble, whether it's drugs True. or, or yep. you know, partying or whatever. And yeah. then you got this school where these these kids are literally shooting holes and shooting lasers across the entire campus, putting holes in buildings and windows and breaking glass and all this stuff in the name of science, uh-huh. mind you. Science. And we, and the only thing that they are, the only, honestly, the only consequence that they fear is failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Nothing I, to fear, but fear itself. Nothing, yeah. Yeah. But fat, yeah so I, I would, I would wholeheartedly argue that we are in a science uh, ruled dimension. Hmm. Okay. That, so. And that, sir, I, is the real genius. That's I, me. I like <laughs> I like the pocket universe you've thrown in there. I mean, yes. it's uh yeah. It's a nice twist to think of. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I do I do so to to back up but also to jump forward at the same time. Like I really like exactly what you pointed out. So, we get, you know, Mitch gets to the college. He gets uh introduced to Chris Knight. He gets introduced to well, Laszlo rather, sort of. <laughs> Laszlo sort of, who's the guy who lives in the closet cuz he, he notices him going in and out and and disappearing um he gets more already introduced to chris knight and his hijinks by chris having put away his clothes and thrown out his sports coat and then the the the, the kent introduction is where i really again i really did like what you stated about that because there is that power dynamic where you know kent is probably this senior he's been there for a few years he's got his little buddies his little followers he's hoping to get the job when this is all done exactly and then then hathaway comes in and you know he's like kent is trying to call him by his first name he's like don't call don't do not use my first name and he's basically being put in his place in front of the new kid who is fixing his work yeah you know so immediate enemy made yeah and the introduction to chris knight where he's upside down He's contemplating whether what whether uh, Mitch would be ready if gravity reversed itself suddenly. Yes. yes. You know, and he, the only thing he can't figure out is the change. Yes. But nudity is the answer, of course, right? Like he is a bizarre guy, and he's got his penis stretching device. But no, it ends up being like a drone. Mm-hmm. I like how I like the 1985 drone of it all. That's yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, okay, those those do exist, but that's uh that's not the design most of them go for right there. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> it's I so here's how smart I am. I'm just gonna I'm gonna toot my own horn real quick. I figured out that that vehicle, and I don't know, this is just my thought, that drone is a gyroscopically powered drone. Mm, yes. My my son actually has like one that's a, a ball. That you can sort of throw back and forth and use the propeller that's inside, mm. uh, but it's it's not something that's remote controlled. It's more yeah. of a hey, bat this around the house and <laughs> threaten to knock shit off my shelves. So, <laughs> my my pops, <laughs> no, 
yeah i i just i like the whole introduction scene though with chris knight as well like and and also the the comparison to the kent scene and how they are very different scenes but also just hilariously interesting scenes as well because chris knight with all his eccentricities of you didn't touch any of my stuff did you okay all this clutter is in alphabetical order like (sighs) this was under k for it was something that didn't belong with k yeah yeah but yeah like (laughs) it just he he delivers all of that so well. Val Kilmer delivers all of that so well. I would honestly think that, like, you know, especially with just that portion of the film, that Val Kilmer's character is kind of un- under underutilized in this movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that, that, you know, had they focused less on Mitch as a character and him, what he's going through, I feel like, again, it probably would have been more of like a Van Wyler type film. But... Yeah. I think that they didn't necessarily need the coming of age story of Mitch, but again, we'll keep talking about his story because that plays a lot into, you know, going forward with the plot. Let's see. Cause you got Chris meeting, uh, or you got Mitch meeting Chris. You have what I'm going to dub the Kent reduction, the Kent reduction. Uh. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yes. yes. There it is. And then, <laughs> Obviously, you know, this meeting of of Chris and his eccentricities and him, his lack of participation, even in this project that the that Mitch finds such an honor to be a part of, mm-hmm. you know, his his idolization, his image of Chris is slowly unraveling yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just 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 a smidge, just a smidge. And- I, I I was interested in the fact that he also has to attend a full course load right like mm-hmm. you know like when when it's set up i i did not kind of realize that because at first he's just part of the laser team and then it's like oh and he's got class too oh shit i i for some reason i don't know why but i wasn't expecting classes too yes i was expecting just but they don't plucked up for this they don't really make that a a, a focus though you know there's yeah. like a, there's like maybe one classroom that they focus on which is the math class that nobody shows up to yeah, but eventually just taught by a tape recorder. I enjoyed <laughs> though the the montage. I mean, a good eighties movie has to have some montages. There Absolutely. were definitely a few montages. There were multiple, in this yeah. Movie. Yeah. There were there were yeah. there were very studious moment montages. Mm-hmm. Uh I think I want to say at least three throughout this film that that again, and I think that's one of my notes that I wrote down was this movie has a great soundtrack. As well as, you know, when it comes to the montages, great music applied to those montages as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Before, though, we get to montages, I mean, there is definitely one party that's going on in this dormitory that needs to be talked about. There, There is, like, an ice festival ha- happening oh, in this dormitory. I thought you were talking about the other party that occurs. <laughs> no, no, not that one yet, because okay. that one happens after the montage. Yes, true. They need to break some tension. Yes. So, no, but the ice, holy shit. Now, imagine being a prop guy on this movie and being like, okay, wait. Or like even set decorator, whatever, you know, any of those things. And be like, okay, so we need like a dormitory that's all ice. We need a house fi- filled with popcorn. 
we need uh you know like a laser that blows a hole through every building in this city we need a car in a dorm room in a dorm room yeah like it just uh what what do you think if you're the prop guys on this movie or the set decorators on this movie clearly we're filming meteor man that that popcorn <laughs> took three months to pop all that popcorn. Oh my god! And then and then they had to put some sort of preservative on it to so that it wouldn't rot. But to preserve it, it they had to keep birds away from it because it's toxic. Jesus. So it was like all these things that they had with this popcorn, and it's like, and they just built this house in the middle of nowhere to make it work like just way to go props that's true yeah way to go props man yeah (laughs) the the ice party is where we get introduced to jordan though yes and i have to say that knowing that mitch is 15 years old i mean he he should be that's what sophomore in high school is 15 or is, Might, maybe I, am i yeah. doing that right yeah yeah, yeah? i'd say okay. sophomore yeah. Freshman, yeah yeah is it freshman junior or freshman sophomore it goes freshman sophomore junior okay sophomore senior. yeah because we don't have those distinctions here so uh. but i've seen enough movies but the <laughs> it was uncomfortable the sexual tension that was going on from Mitch's perspective right from the beginning with Jordan, because my thought at first was, well, that's not going to happen. He's 15. Mm-hmm. 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 So I have to say that storyline kind of has me uncomfortable, uncomfortable right from the beginning, but also at one point it kind of melts my heart a little bit where it's like, oh, you know, I I felt good that she found someone because I wanted that character. I liked Jordan eventually. Like it, it took me a minute to go, okay, what are they doing here? But then when you see that, like she fucking commits and that's who she is. And it's like, oh, okay. Like they, it actually almost feels like representation in a way. There would be people that are socially awkward like Jordan. And my thoughts. Exactly. She's on the spectrum. She is clearly, Right. And it's whatever she they don't necessarily like her, but they're not mean to her in this movie. And one of the characters falls in love with her because she's the perfect woman. I think that that's one thing I I, I 100 wholeheartedly agree. She is a science based woman who is not only attractive to him, but attracted, you know, or attracted. He's she's attracted to him, but he is uh, or she is attracted to him. Am I saying that right? He's, he's attracted, attracted to, her. to her. She's attracted to him. <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, that's go. why I'm not that's why I'm not at this college because I'm not I'm not intelligent. Um, I know, right? Jeez. But yeah, that's what I do. I do cuz yeah, she is probably in some way like socially I'm going to say like stunted? Stunted? So she may have kind of that 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 mentality or that kind of level of of social, you know, cues Arrested or intelligence. development in a way. Yeah, yes, okay. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. So for me, and, and I love what you said also, the fact that she is kind of, despite anybody's awkwardness or level of intelligence or what they're focused on, 
the only person that's clearly bullying anybody in this movie besides professor hathaway is who's a jerk but it's, it's ken it's kent yeah and the, so your, your token yeah you know your token t- bully frat bro to bully yeah. yeah so i think it's awesome that everybody is weird in their own way but they're all in this friend group and they're all on the same team Hmm. yeah yeah accepting the uh the quirky people even in 1985 go real genius <laughs> did i did overshoot something oh my god Yes, because before Mitch is introduced to Chris, Chris is introduced to us. I like his entrance into the lobby. We completely jumped over that. I oh, want to yeah. say that, yeah, him hitting on the woman in the lobby. You're very pretty. And, you know, coming in with the antenna and everything. <laughs> I do have to give a shout out to that scene because, yes. again, Val Kilmer is charming as fuck. And uh, just... Uh, he said, why are you wearing that toy on your head? He said, if I wore it anywhere else, I'd be chafing. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And she likes that. She yes. likes that. Nowadays, that's a lawsuit. But in 1985, she loved it. Ooh, <laughs> she loved it. She, she wanted it. She had it coming to her. Jesus. <laughs> we, we, we are introduced, obviously, through the black ops little cia room that hathaway is in charge of this program and then later on we we end up seeing that the that they are wanting we see a meeting between hathaway and his cia i guess guy contact yeah that his they handler? are his ha- yeah, handler handler is a better way to put it yeah, okay. that, that they are behind on the development or that, not yeah. necessarily behind but that the cia wants their weapon quicker mm-hmm. yeah and absolutely obviously you know uh, Hathaway's very much used to having it his own way, having his own timeline, developing on his own terms, and basically being in charge of his own destiny. But when you get in bed with the CIA, that's not what happens. They tell you <laughs> when and where, and when they say jump, you say how high. And basically, from meeting one between the CIA agent and Hathaway, uh, we notice that there are some some threats that are being communicated on behalf of the CIA because apparently... The money that Hathaway is using for for certain personal costs is supposed to be for his project. Yeah, I, 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 don't dance around it. Embezzling, you know, he's embezzling uh, yeah. government money in order to make his life better, and yeah. he's stealing it from the school, which yeah, obviously he's, is he's a, felony. a dirty son of a bitch. He's, yes, he's yeah. a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. I oh, and I did forget to mention the scene also where jordan just follows mitch into the bathroom because she was mm. all up all night to knit him a sweater that was that was also a fun scene yes yeah yeah uh, <laughs> it was but he's 15 jordan jordan he's 15 but yeah Doesn't we matter. we get our, our going to class montage and find out that like yeah, the class just ends up becoming boom boxes and tape recorders and tape recorders <laughs> Yeah. And uh oh I I also f- uh, forgot man I just keep jumping around. I want to get to that montage. That that's my problem. But I I did forget one important thing. Yeah, we do get a bit of backstory about Hollyfield. You know, uh Mitch fi- you know keeps seeing him and he goes to confront Chris about it in the in like the lunchroom, I guess, mm-hmm. where he is slicing quarters out of liquid nitrogen that's frozen that was a fun scene but i couldn't help but notice over 
Chris's head. Did you know? No, no, you know what? I have to talk about it in Sponsorship Corner. <laughs> yeah. Always on the lookout for product placements in movies. This I'm excited. I'm, I can't wait to get to this. This week, Real Genius is brought to you by Harley Davidson Motorcycles, Chrysler Cars, and I will mention Kent's car is a Citroen, but I, I don't think a logo is shown, but a Citroen's a pretty distinctive vehicle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Converse and Nike shoes, Fila, MasterCard, Purina, DC Comics, there was a Titans magazine, Budweiser, Coors and Heineken beers, Wild Turkey Bourbon, Atomic Skis, Ziploc, Domino's Pizza, Dairy Queen, Dunkin' Donuts, Hershey's, Nestle, Mounds, Crunch, and Giardelli Chocolate Bars, MJB Coffee, 7-Eleven Big Gulp, Heinz Ketchup, Coca-Cola, Lay's Potato Chips, uh, Carnation Instant Breakfast, Cookie Crisp, and here's the one that blew my fucking mind, and... Cracker Jacks cereal? Cereal? Cracker Jacks cereal. Hmm. But this is the stuff I was noticing over Chris's head is this room, the shelf was full of breakfast items. So we had Cookie Crisp. We had the Carnation Instant Breakfast. But we had Cracker Jacks cereal. And I saw cereal written there. Yeah. I'm looking at a box of it right now. What the fuck? I need to know what that is and whether it was ever available in Canada. In the 80s, cereal of the 80s, Cracker Jack. Introduced in 1983. Uh, Yeah. Nutritious Golden Puffs, a Cracklin' Crunch, and a prize in every box. Wow. And, of course, Winnebago's and popcorn. Yeah. (laughs) Plus the fictional Purgatory Bar... And Drain Experts Inc. and Lasers. Lasers. I I mean, uh, Doctor Hathaway's company was also called DEI. For some reason, there were a few things that were DEI in this movie. Yep. So DEI, the brought to you kids, brought to you by the letters D E I and the number twelve. There we go. And lasers. lasers. And this has been Sponsorship Corner. Good eye on that Titans comic or Titan yeah. comic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It it popped. It popped. It was on. It was on Chris's floor. Yeah. So we get the the montage, the going to school montage. There, finally, mm-hmm. I can say it. Yes, I like the stereos that are recording, and eventually, it's just the teacher with a recording. But like Mitch goes to all the school classes. I don't understand why he doesn't become a boombox kid. Is that just to show how buttoned up he is? I think so. Yeah. How dedicated he is. Okay. He's also he's also not like I think he's 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 using that as like kind of like to get himself into the idea of college and he and he has this idea of what college should be and we see that kind of going forward as his reality kind of starts to break down and his confidence in what he's doing starts to break down because he starts noticing that like all these things of what he thought college was supposed to be it's not it. You know, and as the deadline continues to approach, 
Uh, you know, Mitch is feeling the pressure. Hathaway's feeling the pressure. Hathaway is putting pressure on Kent. Kent's putting pressure on on Mitch. Mitch is alone because, you know, Chris isn't fi- you know showing he's up. He's a fifteen year old child amongst yes, adults. Exactly. Yeah. So he doesn't have yeah. the he doesn't have the skills, the intellectual, emotional, and mental skills to keep up with these adults who really know the ins and outs of college life and what you can and cannot put off. Yeah. You know, this kid's trying to do it all because that's what's expected of him. It's true. It's true. You know? And he doesn't really want to go home. Yeah. I mean, we'll find out shortly that he can't go home. But, I mean, first, after the montage, Mitch gets into the closet mm. and finds uh, finally finds the secret to the closet and it's like a fucking it's, carnival ride yeah. elevator. Like it's not it's Narnia. Al- it's almost Temple of Doom like at one point <laughs> where I'm like, you know, I'm expecting more more uh, lava. <laughs> you got the steam, magma. but yeah, we need the magma. Yes, yeah, I don't know. And but it's it's quite the contraption. I mean, Laszlo has been busy. Mm-hmm. We see all of Laszlo's little side inventions. He's got the machine that fills out multiple sweepstakes entries at the same time for the Frito Lays competition. And that's based you know. on a true story from what I'm aware of. Yeah, except it was a group of students, but still mm. it was, yeah, five or so students that won one fifth of the prizes for some Pepsi contest or something. I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary of Where's My Jet Pepsi, but my oh. God, it, it was great. I, yeah. I've I've seen it. I've I've heard I've heard of it. I have not seen it. I've seen yeah. what it is. But the news story it. of it, at least, yeah, you yeah. know of it, yeah. Okay, yeah. It, it always it's... reminds me of that uh, Juki Junk commercial. Commercial is like I I drank twenty three thousand cans of Juki, and I've got this Juki thr- fa- flamethrower. You know, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. But you I gotta got this put Juki just song. kidding. Gotta put yeah. just kidding. Thanks, Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> So we do get to the point after we have met Laszlo, though, where Jerry wants five milliwatts by mid-May, right? Mm-hmm. Like Jer- Jerry starts getting the pressure put on him. They've got him under his thumb. And uh, so he's threatening Chris, uh, threatening to withhold a mark that he won't let him graduate. I guess that's what's going on. Yeah, I've yeah. got that right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's holding him back because he wants his he wants his results and 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 honestly, to be honest, I mean, he, Chris Knight can't really blame him because he's not showing up. It's true. He he is taking a very laissez-faire approach to this uh science project, to the science mumbo jumbo. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, so they get into the lab and get to work except all that Chris has been doing is hanging up mirrors all over campus mm, to signal yep. a party. Oh yeah, to the laser splitter that well he follows him to follows the laser the trail to the laser splitter and we come upon the tanning invitational. The tanning invitational, yes, with with the beauty school uh, yes. guests that have attended. Yes, and and incredible pickups lines like don't eat that. Don't you know that that'll give you incredibly large breasts? Oh, no, it's too late. Yeah, that's (laughs) smooth, I guess. But they've taken over an auditorium 
and like filled an orchestra pit mm-hmm. with water with a, so that it's uh, you know a pool yeah somehow it's a pool pit now and yeah. i guess pool pool pit pool pit yeah pool pit yeah. pool pit and uh you know they got they got water slides they got di- diving you know boards they got all that stuff. they got foam they got everything it's, it's and, a real and Hawaiian it is a tanning shindig. party so i guess they've got tanning lights up as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah so there's some of those yeah it's a it's a real rager it's <laughs> so you got nerds and, and uh beautician or soon-to-be beauticians uh partying and then you get kent who is watching oh, from the shadows what a bitch. who decides who decides to go and run and get Hathaway, yeah, Jerry yeah. Hathaway. He has to go tell mommy. Yeah, during during Hathaway's, uh, what was his show called? Everything? I, I, was that what it was? I, I actually didn't write it down. Or if I did, my voice to text wrote it down or something <laughs> wrong. But yeah. But yeah, you know, uh, Kent goes to get Jerry. Jerry comes with Kent to the pool part to the t- or to the tanning invitational, and ruins the fun for everybody, and calls out both Chris and Mitch as as wasting time. Oh, and totally cock blocks him though. Absolutely. I mean, he was about to the the fifteen year old. I keep stressing fifteen year old, hoping that you know this movie will recognize that and change itself. For its bad behavior, this should have made the kid a little bit older. But anyway, no, I, I, he was about to kiss Jordan, I think. But that's when Jerry breaks in and scratches the record. And uh oh, dad's home and yeah. he's mad. He's angry. <laughs> yeah, but tells off Mitch. So he embarrasses him. Mm-hmm. And so at this midpoint, Mitch, you know, goes back to the lab because that's where he was supposed to be and then just can't take it anymore, destroys a few things, and then goes uh, goes and calls mom and finds out that his room is rented. <laughs> asks if he can bunk in with him. But we only find out that information the next morning because mm. Kent has tape recorded him. Oh, my God. And played it over the PA system. What a, what a dick. What a dick move, Kent, Kent. is such a dick. Yeah, he plays this audio recording of Mitch crying to his mom about how he wants to live with her and daddy and and not be at college anymore. And, uh, you know, he's he's obviously like losing it. And his dad comes on the phone. And he's like, you got to be my little soldier, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, the only thing it was missing, there weren't enough pet names going on in there. That's true. That's true. You know, like, oh, what is a pumpkin or something like that? But. Well then, and then we get the the you know, Chris Knight actually comes in and starts playing the part of actual like mentor, yeah. you know, starts basically takes Mitch officially and finally under his wing and explains to him, uh, basically the history of Laszlo Hollyfield, or Hollyfeld, excuse me, and about Laszlo's incredible intelligence and cracking under the pressure of school. Big pep uh, talk. Big pep talk. Huge. And just about how you know again how he disappeared and chris and mitch you know basically kind of come to it's like a heart and heart to heart you know neither of them want this to happen to either of them and i think mm-hmm. that's what mitch is afraid of as well i think excuse me i think that's what chris is afraid of i think that's why chris kind of doesn't take himself too seriously because he doesn't want to he doesn't want that to happen to him as well and so he's trying to stop yeah. it from happening to mitch because he sees it happening to mitch so we yeah. get that 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 almost familial bond finally created between chris and mitch i i'd say so yeah 
That's that's probably the point that it happens. Yeah, this is the point where Chris learns to take things a little bit more serious, and Mitch takes to you know learns that he needs to let go, let a loose more. a bit more. Yeah, he's he's gonna throw all his clothes on the floor now. So and and they're they're not gonna get mad. Yes, they're they're gonna get even. Exactly, and they're gonna get creative. Even, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh this is when we see oof we see Mitch, Chris, Jordan, all all the and Ick. And Ick, yeah. All all get together and, and, and really plan out getting Kent back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the revenge of the nerds moment. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I mean the thing is, this is revenge of the nerds, but even the bully is a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he's got braces. Right. I mean, there is that, too. Like they they also even though he's the tall, blonde, pretty boy, they did still make him a nerd of sorts so that he Mm -hmm. wasn't just the jock and better than everyone. Look, even though he's a pretty big braces, big guy, you know, he he, yeah, built. So, yeah. Um, But they basically get get revenge on Kent. They disassemble his car. Yeah. Citroni or whatever it is. And. Then they reassemble it in his dorm room, mm-hmm. uh, and with the lights going off and all this crap. So it's it's pretty uh it's pretty uh sweet just desserts. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you're not supposed to question how they did it. Exactly. They're smart. They're Somehow geniuses. they did it. Somehow they made ice that turns immediately into a gas. Into gas. Yep. Go yeah. On. I mean, I I heard that a lot of these are actually based on pranks that have happened at real universities. That's what I'm... So, if if this uh, car one is one that falls under uh, the category of that, bravo <laughs> to you. Whoever you were, bravo. Yeah. I And, again, just constant witty banter from Chris Knight. Like, if you're not paying attention to what he's saying, like, there's some very funny banter going on. Even with the bit about, oh, he, he's the kind of guy that puts his name on his license plate. And Mitch says, my mom does the same thing. What, you you put a license plate in your underwear? How do you sit down? Yeah. You know, like, it's just fun little things that are constantly being, you yeah. know, little comedy grenades that are constantly being lobbed into the middle of this movie as well. And then we end up, Chris ends up going over to Jerry's house at one point. And this is where he kind of cross paths with the uh, the military guys, the black ops guys, whoever they are, the, the think tank, mm-hmm. and one of their daughters as well. And he, of course, starts hitting on her. And we get the classic line of being able to drive a six inch spike into a wall with your penis something i have heard for years and did not know that it came from this movie same with the uh i'm coming what are you talking about you're not even breathing hard that's a joke that i've heard around for yeah it's coming it's what are you talking about it's not even breathing hard is a line that's used later as well and that's another one that's just kind of been in my pop culture lexicon for years <laughs> and i didn't know that it came from this movie never even so, heard that one before but that's funny yeah yeah all but, right but so okay so jerry 
throws him out of school though okay this this is what i gather from this conversation that he has with jerry that he's gone to his house with what a dick move too for make him come to you fuck you jerry but i'm under the impression that he has thrown chris out of this school saying no you're done here get out Mm -hmm. but then we end up with our next montage of chris really actually buckling down and doing some work being studious but still wearing uh bunny slippers because he's wacky yeah it's his it's his wacky nature yeah but yeah i think he was i think it was kind of i think he was thrown out but he had like this last ditch effort to kind of you know show him what he had and that he could accomplish this you know in spite of him so he but he showed up to these classes why was he not removed from these classes if he was thrown he's no longer a student there if he was thrown out that's not I, how college works okay that that was just one of those little flaws that i just did not understand anymore where i'm like wait a minute but <laughs> now he's going to class he wasn't like am i missing something was all that my mind had yeah. there yeah so I I do like in that montage, though, with Chris doing good work, the one moment where everyone's in the library and the one guy freaks out. Yeah. And, yeah. And, the, and, then, <laughs> and then they all just turn back and go back to work. That's yeah. one of those scenes that I feel like I vaguely remember. So whether it's just seeped into my mind over my 44 years of life or whether it's because i saw this movie at one point i don't know but yeah it's um that was the one that stuck in it sticks into my brain all the time i think it might be also because we might uh personally imagine ourselves there at that point all the time anyways yeah (laughs) well after that montage this is the point now where laszlo uh has decided that he's kind of uh he's he wants to be part of the squad Mm -hmm. he has printed off he has hacked the computer and he's got every question that is going to be asked on the final it's all in his head yeah and so he wants to be part of the team he's he's decided to bring something to the team and you know that in his you know six and the six hundred and fifty thousand entries that he's got <laughs> yeah. yeah i think i skipped something here is this when they go and they do the and they actually fix the laser well, once Laszlo is on board, that's kind of when everybody kind of starts focusing, I think. Like, like I know Laszlo's not part of the laser, but for some reason when Laszlo enters the picture, feels like that's kind of when they... Let me see here. Yeah, it's, it's kind of after this point, yeah. I see Mitch goes back to his room. There's a woman waiting there. Oh, so I've got this scene after Laszlo has got all the questions that have ever been asked yeah mm-hmm. i there's a woman waiting there it's sherry the the woman that's like strangely obsessed with all these young geniuses that have ever come through the school and she's uh excited because he's finally old enough now has he had a birthday did i miss a birthday in there somewhere but even if he's had a birthday that means he's 16 mm-hmm. he's still not old enough lady like i i don't like that I really don't like that. It's 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 icky. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely. This is really the the culmination though of 
uh, Mitch's and Jordan's kind of relationship because once you know this lady shows up in his room, he basically he rejects her, rejects her, and yeah. and goes and lets you know cuts that off. Yeah, and tells Jordan more of how he feels, and I guess he's at a he's at a very confident level in his life right now where he can really tell her, tell Jordan the nineteen year old girl that he wants it to be with her instead of this other lady. Yes, yes. Do they bang? It's implied. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't come in like, you know, whistling the next morning or clicking his heels together or anything like he there. There isn't anything like that. So I don't know whether it is just a kiss. Maybe second base. Yeah. Or third base. I never know the bases, but I don't know. So he got he got a handful of boob. Yeah. Yeah. That might have been it. And, And a little mustache. And the little, yeah, definitely a little mustache. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, so they, uh, Mitch and Jordan smush. There we go, okay. <laughs> and, uh, the, we've got, like, the defense guys start adding a little extra pressure, you know, because it's now the 10th and he's only got till the 15th or whatever to mm-hmm. get the laser going, you know, and, uh, that's, that's where the, it's coming no it's not even breathing hard joke comes in yeah and then there this is where they start doing kind of like the final like the final countdown right final preparations on the lasers but kent is a dick and sabotages it with uh the smear on the lens the oily smear yeah yeah like that was a downright dangerous yeah could have killed somebody could have killed somebody can't yeah. you fucking a-hole your car in your room was not going to kill anyone well possibly like carbon monoxide the silent killer <laughs> might have gotten you ev- eventually if they had left it running but true yeah <laughs> I, I i don't think uh i don't think it was going to explode in your bedroom yes. like this laser basically did you almost burned down the school like, yeah not just sabotage the laser if there hadn't been a fire extinguisher nearby. Right. So this is when the movie pretty much kicks into high gear. Um, you get, you know, Chris who leaves the, uh, the lab after this utter failure and he's walking by and he sees or Kent passes him and, and Kent acknowledges without anything from Chris that Chris may have had some kind of meltdown or accident. And this obviously leads Chris to know that Kent sabotaged the laser in order for him to lose. Yeah, this this opportunity. And so Chris really realizing that this is the end knows that he can't do anything to Kent. So kind of goes on a little frenzy and he's knocking stuff around. Yeah, a little and... bit of a bull in a china shop moment. Yeah. He's uh, yeah freaking out on he's taking it out on appliances. Yeah. But yeah. by doing this, he discovers the answer to his problem of the laser mm-hmm. and therefore, yeah. you know, basically using a, a cold brew version of his laser yeah oh yeah yeah you know you need an ice cappuccino there yeah you you gotta uh yeah no the hot version ain't working yes yeah you need to you need a the exigent everybody chill polymers and all the the science this cold science um anyways they apply this iced system this iced cube system the new Zorg ice cube system to this uh, laser. Okay. Yeah. And lo and behold, it works. They get like one 
gigawatt or something of, of laser power. It's basically amped up way faster, way farther, way hotter, way stronger uh, than they ever imagined. And so they've officially accomplished their goal of meeting the deadline for this laser. Yeah. And then yeah. I believe they go out to party. They they do. I uh, see somewhere in there as well as the final exam montage, mm-hmm. which I did have a note that I wanted to bring up. They're all seated very, very, very close together in that exam classroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't seem like that's accurate. It's an honor system. Don't honor system? It. Yeah, I just feel like they usually try to space you out a bit more, you know? I that guess post nineties. He, he he does say that uh, I'll under I'll know if you have a basic understanding of the knowledge or whatever. So I guess it's more of a long form questions. It's not it's not multiple choice, right? That's not Essay, what he many th- many essays. Many essays? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, I couldn't get over how close they were together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I mean they I believe they do pass their exams, plus they find the solution to the laser. But as they're getting ready to celebrate, Laszlo comes in and tells oh, them. I, 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 I had one more thing okay. about that, though. Yeah, no, I, I just also wanted to say I really like the exploding apple bit. Yes. A- yes. As he's leaving, you know, he's leaving first because he's done first and he knows he aced it. He l- slips a note that says, I fucking aced it. And or no, I no, it didn't swear. I I ace this is all it says. Yeah, leaves an apple for the the teacher, and it's like ticking. <laughs> but but he throws it in the garbage. Maybe it wasn't ticking. I I thought I heard ticking. I thought I heard a ticking sound effect. But he throws it, it in the garbage can, and it explodes. Yeah, it may have I, been a ticking because of the test. Yeah, clock. maybe. Okay, there we go. Just in the classroom. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. This is when Laszlo approaches them once they go to celebrate, and Laszlo tells them that they basically created a weapon. Yeah, like have you guys weapon. thought about what the actual implications of what you made could be? Uh, he he basically gives them the in the wrong hands speech, right? Yeah, like he's, yeah. Uh oh, this doomsdayer though he he's got a bit of a truth to his his rantings. You speak true, true, Laszlo. Yeah. True, true. Um, and so they realize that Hathaway has been or they go back to the lab and they realize that Hathaway has removed the laser system and it's already on its way to its new home with the government. Yeah. And this is again, we've already kicked into high gear. And so we, we got a gas Kent and we got to yeah. implant a tracker or well, not a tracker, but a, a voice modulator in his head that almost like a, like a bone. What do they call those things? Bo- like a yeah. Bone, a, bone a bone transmitter or transceiver. Yeah. yeah like, like speaker system. Yeah. Yeah. So that he hears the voice of God in his head when Mitch uses his voice modulating microphone. Mm hmm. Yeah. And so Mitch basically uses the voice of God to uh, divine, divinely find out where the where Hathaway has taken the laser to be yeah. used as a weapon, uh, along with Kent's, uh, like, I guess, mirror, like his, his super focused mirror. Yeah. Kent's contribution to the his, project. Yeah, t- yeah. To the weapon. Um, Kent divulges the airbase. And basically we come up with this big 
plan that we that not necessarily everybody knows the answer to, but everybody's come up with. So the audience is left to wonder what is this big plan, and it involves Hathaway's house, lasers, boxes, vans, plumbing vans, uh, motorcycles, chases, boots, all this all, stuff, all sorts of yeah, heist esp- espionage, yes. like yeah. oh badges, radios, computer chips, hacking, lots yeah. lots of hacking. Yeah. Um, Science. Science. There we go. That's the that's the theme of this month. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then so you got now you got um, Chris and Mitch who have to use these badges to sneak onto a military installation, which is a treasonous offense. If you, if, if I'm... Yeah, the the only real hazardous part of this plan, yes. like the 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 most yeah sneaking onto this base and hacking directly into this military equipment in the military like while you're in the vehicle like yeah in a b1 bomber they're hacking this computer system remotely which is a big thing in 1985 if you ask me um i mean the disguise of mitch with the mustache was absolutely amazing yeah perfect yeah having the actor choosing an actor with such a high voice helped i mean it was uh... (laughs) a it's like uh the other day yentl was on tv with barbara streisand and just like this is an interesting choice, uh, but it was the same <laughs> with Mitch for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, anyways, um, let's see. Well, so and we, they and we see the ineptitude of the ga- guards as well. Oh yeah, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I guess could be also be like some sort of satirical commentary where they're like, "Come on, man, just help me out. Come on." Well, right? They're like, and... you know, someday you might be in the private sector, which is kind of like where I'm at. You know, yeah. Like I could, you, I could be that guard right now, and it's like I need a job in the private. Remember that time I let you on to base. Yeah. To uh, sabotage this secret CIA government uh, laser project. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need a job now. And you can trust me. You yeah. Know? <laughs> um, well, they, they successfully hack the the computer and the bomber. Yeah. I right? like the handles that they have of Abbott and Costello. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like they, they, they went full. Like oh, yeah. full, full Ocean's Eleven. Full, full heist movie. Full, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they got code names. They got everything going on. They, they they got the guy in the chair. Exactly. They yeah. and then and then they so they're successful. Mm-hmm. They leave the aircraft. They sabotage run off. Complete. Yeah. Sabotage complete. Plane takes off. And what do they do next? They gather outside of Hathaway's home for phase uh, two. For phase two. Oh no, phase two is the credentials. This is now phase oh, three. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Phase three is yes. They have somehow gathered a whole bunch of. I, okay, so who's the one guy? Dean? Is he the dean of the university? Another, or another school professor. And, yeah, then and then one of them. And then there's like a senator or congressman or something. Congressman, know? yep. Yeah. So and, there's uh, a few hoity-toity. Maybe, maybe the yeah. mayor was there? Was the mayor there or something? I don't remember on yeah. that one. But they, they've gathered a few important people that they, they want them to witness something. And they've also, after asking Kent whether he has been touching himself, yes, no. No, because Jesus asked him not to touch himself anymore. Kent ends up going to this house. He's invited to be there as well. Yep. But God has told him not to go inside the house. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is gathered across the street in the ditch across from the house. Yeah. But but Kent doesn't listen. Yeah. Oh, no. He, he demands that God send him a sign if he doesn't want him to actually go in the house. And mm-hmm. God does not send him a sign. There's no Uh-oh. sign. Yeah, they should have figured out how to make that microphone, that that voice modulator, 
they should have figured out how to make it remote control or run on just batteries or something. I mean, or have another exploding apple. Yeah, you you can. Yep, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so something like a decoy to scare him off the porch. You're getting too close to the door. Here's a booby trap. I mean, he may not even. He could have pulled a uh, Steve Martin and not even seen the sign. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, at this point, the laser test has began from the from the jet, from the B-1 bomber. And because of the new coordinate coordinates that were hacked into by Abbott and Costello, a.k.a. Mitch and Chris, yeah. the house is now the new target. And yeah, instead of lasering JFK. Oh, God, that was so terrible. We're going to laser the house. Yeah, I mean, yes. the, the, they could have maybe arranged that uh, procession a bit differently. Or had uh, that was a different taste. color car or something. Yeah, yeah they yeah. It was it really was, bad taste. It, it, it was yeah, it was suspiciously familiar. Yes. Even as a Canadian, I've seen some tapes an awful lot of times. <laughs> so yeah, they, they you know, they're all gathered, the test begins, and basically a very, very large bag of popcorn is now being targeted by this giant laser with all of its heat ability and it's being refracted by this prism that's been planted in the house mm-hmm. as part of phase one yeah all right and it causes the entire popcorn bag to just start filling up and popping yeah and causing the house to basically burst at its seams then now now mind you th- this is the house that hathaway has spent all this money on uh from the government that he's you know again em- embezzled to make this house super nice so it's kind yeah. of those, that and- it's kind of that payback yeah, and which is being improved on by, I'd like to say, probably uh, day laborers, correct? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I believe they're not, they may not necessarily be the most legal of workers. As Hathaway would call them, as Hathaway would call them, the uneducated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and a dog that he keeps yelling at to get mm-hmm. off his property. Yeah, I, I think there's, uh, you know, he, he's now going to be getting his com- comeuppance, though, mm-hmm. uh, that... Yeah, he's, this this house uh, was bought with dirty money and 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 improved in shady ways, I guess. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Immigrant workers, it's, it's shady, right? Yeah, and so with that, uh, I don't. I mean, obviously, Kent survives the massive popcorn and laser weaponry. Does not drown in an avalanche of popcorn. Yep, he survives it by basically pulling a jumanji ride of water out into the street but instead of water it's popcorn yeah he's he's kind of surfing that uh door down for a minute and then he mm-hmm. gets buried in it somehow though facing the opposite direction with his head first in the popcorn <laughs> that doesn't th- th- that doesn't seem like that's what the dismount would have been with the way he no. came out that door but uh, it's okay i'm there for it Science. i i i do see now i i I misspoke earlier when I talked about like the three months to pop all the popcorn. Um, it was treated with the, a, it was a flame retardant chemical. It wasn't to keep it from rotting. It was to keep it from being flammable, I guess. Jesus. And that's what would have been toxic to birds. So I just, I did misspeak earlier and, but I have it written down here closer to the popcorn stuff. That's uh... <laughs> still legit, you know, still yeah. legitimate fact. Yeah. At this point, Laszlo arrives in an RV. Yeah. yeah uh, which he has won using math. So, kids, yeah. math is cool. It'll win you things. Yeah, he's got his 38.1% or 38.7% or 
of all the various uh, prizes that he could win. He's pulling a trailer behind his Winnebago that's filled with televisions and stuff or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, but he tells them he's leaving. I guess he's finally broken out of his shell. He's discovered there's more to life than his little, you know, tunnel. Yeah, there's system. wedding bells ringing. Laszlo's mm-hmm. getting married. He's getting hitched. Yeah, he's getting hitched. And it turns out that it's Sherry, the woman that was going to molest a 16-year-old. If Mitch actually is 16. We now now we know what happened when, uh, you know, Mitch left her in, in the room. Yeah. Laszlo stole her. Laszlo. Oh, yes, that's right. The closet opened up and hey, and now she Laszlo. has what does she have? She has like um, she found number one. Yes, she found she, the number one. Yeah, she found the original, <laughs> the original child prodigy. And and then we cut to uh, like uh, Laszlo takes off. We cut to everybody wants to rule the world by Tears for Fears, mm-hmm. and the credits roll while uh, Jerry pulls up to his house and witnesses the carnage. I mean, left out earlier the fact that when Laszlo or not Laszlo when Chris goes to visit him the first time, he has a bag of popcorn, and we yes. find out that. Jerry absolutely hates popcorn he hates and he it. wants it left outside. Can't have it in the house. Take off your shoes. You had a missed opportunity the there. Yeah. Hathaway arrived to witness the cornage. The cornage. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yes, that's that's the one. And there we go. That is real genius. Oh boy, so now Aaron on IMDb it scored 6.9 out of 10, has a meta score of 71, on Rotten Tomatoes 77% on the tomato meter and an audience rating of 83%. Uh but Aaron, those are just numbers like <laughs> like a homemade luge going down an ice staircase and slamming into the wall. Hit us with some reviews. All right, so I'm going to give you first. I'm going to give you the, the one out of ten review that I really enjoy. All right, okay. and this one is basically I mean, it's pretty short. It's Bennett zero 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 who says, "I must say I thoroughly enjoy poor movies. I do. I I can uh, you know commence commiserate with that. Yeah, I love yeah, being yeah. able to mock them to no end, and ultimately I enjoy myself. Real Genius, however, is perhaps the most mediocre movie I have ever seen. Not good enough to be decent, yet not bad enough to be funny." Real Genius sits in the middle and sits poorly at that. I'm a devout fan of teen-style movies, especially vintage 80 ones, but Real Genius just drops the ball all around. I cannot recommend this movie to a living entity on the planet. Wow. Please go go see Ishtar instead. Oh, my. Famously, I mean, if if you're uh, too young to know what Ishtar is, famously one of the biggest flops and disappointments of all time with Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman as a cast. I could only imagine this person was 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 joking. I I have to assume. Yes, there <laughs> there needs to be like a a special sarcasm font. Yes, yes. Yeah. So this one I liked was it's by Cindy 171 and this was actually written in 2005 and it's just an underrated but sharp comedy and it's a 10 out of 10 review. And it says political oh. satire couched in a smart coming of age ode to geeks. It has not aged particularly well. What is in terms of future science? It'll be a while yet before George Jetson's space vehicle become viable for the middle class. 
Brian Blazer showed up, showed sharp capability as a producer. Val Kilmer had a deft touch as the geek turned stud with this comedic extension of Cal Poly's renowned tradition of student pranks. Smart story, touching script, and a cast I would have enjoyed singing in ongoing comedic vehicles. This led me to look up Martha Coolidge's filmography and track down other completed projects. Now I have a great oh. list for video rentals. Wow. Yeah. So, so I enjoyed I, that. I guess Martha didn't have... Uh, uh, Martha! I, I guess Martha didn't have as bad of a filmography as you kind of... I mean, you implied that it was a mediocre filmography. I didn't say it was mediocre. Uh, I said it was uh, light. It was light. light. Okay. You yeah. know, it wasn't as deep as, as some some others are. Yeah. All right. And lastly, I like this one. It's it's an 8 out of 10, but it's still relevant to me. You know, it's not, it's not middle of the road, but still a good one. 23 years after its release, so this person watched it 23 years after its release, uh, Real Genius continues to be able to entertain and maintain its unique sense of genius comedy that has yet to go out of style, nor be copied or surpassed, which I disagree with. But I, I think yeah. that's kind of, you know, again, that's that's their own view. Val Kilmer in one of his most in one of his first movie performances demonstrates a relaxed and expanded talent to deliver on a funny and unique script. This still visually and humorous movie climax retains its own place in movie history. The lines keep coming. The gags intellectually stimulating on a level that has yet to be passed like Demolition Man has yet to be surpassed for its sci-fi futuristic tech speak, a futuristic version <laughs> of English that encompasses its own unique place. Eight out of ten stars. A, an interesting little uh thing to like contrast for in yeah. in the in the in the middle of there it's like hey uh, you know don't forget about demolition man too though <laughs> yeah. somehow i'm going to compare this to demolition man just so i can name drop demolition man because exactly it's, it's underrated and more people should watch demolition man yes yeah uh, what about demolition man it's okay you should watch it <laughs> <laughs> Right on. Have you ever seen War Games? I absolutely. have not. What? Uh, so, yeah. Sorry, you. Absolutely, you said. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Would you like to play a game? Okay. I see. War Games is another one of those that I know of, but I don't think I've seen. But I know things about. I off the top of my head, I know it has Matthew Broderick. I know it's. There's some sort of, uh, they think they're playing games, but they're not actually playing games. It is actually real war situation going on. Mm -hmm. So I know that much about it. It's not a comedy though, right? No, I wouldn't okay. say so. I'd say it's more like a sci-fi sci thriller. Okay. Is this comparable to it? No. No? Okay. Mm -mm. Okay. I, I was just curious because there is the aspect of unknowingly doing something for the government that is evil and sci-fi-y. Mm -hmm. So I, I was just wondering whether, you know, war games fell into the same category at all. Whether there was this, even a school aspect to war games. I think there's a, there is a small school aspect, but at the same time, I feel like it's very much the the depth of the movie goes beyond that. Oh, okay. I think it's because this is more of a, it's more of, I wouldn't even call it a, a, a thriller. It's definitely more of a drama because this kid, Matthew Broderick's character is this kid who uh, is profoundly smart, but it's not because of school. It's because of, he's just an intelligent kid and he uses that to, you know, that that's what his intelligence is. What drives the story. 
I'll have to watch War Games. Oh, it's good. <laughs> it's good. I'll figure out a way to get it. Or uh, I'll, I'll figure out a spot for it, maybe, is the better way to put it. So, uh, okay. Anyway, Real Genius. I wasn't sure what to expect. This is one that I didn't watch any trailers for. I didn't, I didn't really do any looking into it prep. I just, I knew Val Kilmer was in it. That was the extent of my knowledge, really. Like the movie poster was the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> and I got to the end and I went, oh shit, this is the movie with the popcorn scene. I know the popcorn scene. Sometimes, for some reason, I think the popcorn scene is in weird science. And I, it's because the rocket scene at the mm. end, for some reason, kind of kind reminds of, it's it's a yeah. house that's being destroyed by something. It's it's just something that I think of with I can uh, see that. Yeah. But I knew that scene. So maybe I've seen it. But now I've seen it. And I loved it. It, it was it was funny. It was uh, it was clever. You know, I like like the uh, over the topness of some of it. I like you know, I I just thought everyone was a likable character, and Kent was so dastardly unlikable. He I loved him. <laughs> you know, it, it was just uh oh, and I mean, William Atherton, your your resident slime bag. If you want an asshole, you call William Atherton, and he played his part to perfection. He, it's like Jeffrey Jones just played his part to perfection, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I enjoyed Real Genius and I'm glad that I've seen it for sure now. Good, good. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that I could bring that to you. Yes. I feel like this is a movie that a lot of people, uh, especially nerds who grew up in kind of like a nerdy household, who kind of grew up around other people that may not have always felt at the same level as you. Yeah. which we've all been there at some time, at some point in our life. I think this is a movie that a lot of people should watch, especially if you think you're the smartest person in the room. You should watch this movie at least once. If And and I again, I, I have seen this movie. I've known of this movie for such a long time. I actually think that I went and just went out and got the DVD a few you know years ago just because it's it's like a staple in my in my personality slash life so uh oh. i i genuinely enjoy watching this one every so often even if it's just in the background it's one of those popcorn I, i'll use it popcorn movies yeah. uh, <laughs> that nice. you can watch in the background and just kind of like know what's going on enjoy the quips enjoy the comedy uh enjoy the science and like the hijinks and you know just come into it every so often yeah because there is a lot of different things going on because Val Kilmer's character is such a fast-talking character. He's throwing a lot of little quips and one-liners. There's a lot of great banter. But then things like, let's put a car inside a dorm room, is just, it's hilarious physical comedy or sight gags yes. or you know but like again it's... to know that this stuff has happened in real life and it's been used and has yeah. been done to people is what makes it even better yeah the laser through the city is also just one of those following the trail of the holes through everything yeah it's just it's another one of those sight gags that i was there for and yeah all around it, it worked on a bunch of different comedy levels and but all of them were not too far over the top. There's some things that don't quite hold up, but whatever. <laughs> There's nothing that truly, really offended me. 
So. Same. Yeah. It was a good movie. Well, there we go. That is real genius. And that's our show for the week. Oh, boy. I, uh, my tablet just died. So, here we go. All the usual things. Uh, tell someone... Uh, like and subscribe to our show check out our website drop us a line our dms are open you know go ahead and send us a message and tell us about a show you might want to or a movie you might want us to talk about or uh you know uh find us on social media i do memes or if you want to support <laughs> the show financially uh go over to patreon.com slash i used to like this one and you become an executive producer and get a shout out like joshua blum and uh i also do other things i have my other podcast in front of the yellow line anywhere pods are cast go check out my stories of being a bus driver and aaron where can people find you you can find me at oblivion bar pod on pretty much any social media platform uh if you want to check out our website it's oblivion bar oblivion bar podcast.com uh and that's pretty much where i am uh look me up on twitter better actions and you know just vibe with me when i make stupid videos and you know and, and retweet a lot of crap and and you know maybe post about my cosplays yeah oh my god that was a that was a nice uh I, I don't I don't know Japanimation characters well enough. I'm not I'm not an anime guy. He's a Dragon Ball Z guy. Is that what you've been yep, yep, rocking lately? Do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it kicks ass, and I know the source material. Uh, you know, I know of it, so I I know that it's a pretty good job. So I I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, music by Lyndon Carter. Look for his band, Carter and the Capitals, anywhere you listen to music. If you want to know more of the people that are involved with the show, look at the show notes. Look at the device in front of you. The show notes are right in front of you. So, Aaron, we have, oh boy, the granddaddy of them all. One more science movie left before, before you bid us adieu. You, so long, farewell. Aaron has one more, uh... One more movie left with us, and uh, it's uh, it's a doozy. We're hitting, we're we're going for the big guns. We are weird science. It's weird it's science. one I, I I have not watched in a long time, but I'm excited too. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's I like I I imagine the weirdness because I love again weird science. I imagine yeah. the weirdness that's going to happen, but at the same time, I don't think my brain can possibly comprehend it right now. Yeah, especially after all these science movies. So I'm yeah. excited for it. We got we got young RDJ. We got uh oh yeah yeah. We got Anthony Michael Hall. We got Bill Paxton. Oh my God! This is a powerhouse movie. Yeah, I mean, I remember that much about. It. I I remember this one better than Real Genius. That's for sure. <laughs> but you know, sometimes I Mandela effect the popcorn scene into weird science. So and vice versa. Out at the same time as the one we just watched. So there mm -hmm. we go. Going from Real Genius to weird science i'm sean wells over there across from me a million miles away but right next door is oh yeah oh, yeah there's aaron, aaron also. there's there's <laughs> i don't know i tried something new it worked last week you you were right on it last week and this week i i, I gave you a bad lead in I don't no know. you're good you're good this is almost 11 o'clock recording it's yeah way past my bed <laughs> <laughs> there we go looking at weird science next time on i used to like this one mm -hmm.